Hi, everyone, and welcome to Never Ever Been Happier. Today, I'm working backwards talking about episode three from season two of Euphoria. This one I'm really excited to talk about. I mentioned last episode, and I swear this is the last time I'll tell this story, but it really was Lexi's character who gave me the inspiration to start recording for this podcast when she said the line of, I'm always an observer, that really hit home for me as somebody who not necessarily is an observer, but does find myself oftentimes not pulling the trigger on things. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, a lot of things that I want to do, but then I don't actually go through with them. And so hearing her say that and then seeing her approach the assistant principal to ask about starting to do her play really spoke to me and made me think like, why the hell not go through with making a podcast? Everyone else is doing it, some to a really high level and others are more so like me where I'm just learning trying to do my best here and I'll say I listen to a wide variety of podcasts and I love the well-produced ones that are really finely done but at the same point I also love the podcasts that just sound like I'm talking to or listening to a best friend so to me I'm excited to see where this goes and I'm most excited about talking about this episode I'll be back on Sunday with the new episode but I probably won't be able to post it until Monday but looking forward to it as we all are to see what's going to unfold next. Okay, this episode starts with Cal's backstory, and I think in some ways it was very much how we probably expected, but in other ways I was shocked at some of the things that happened just because of the beauty of the storytelling in Euphoria. For example, the thing that didn't catch me off guard is all along seeing what a monster Cal is, it always has been in the back of my head, as I'm sure that it has been for most people, that we all kind of know that people act the way that they do for a reason. And so for him to be so horrific, we knew that probably some horrific things have happened to him and specifically around his sexuality since obviously we knew in the current day in the episodes that we've seen he has not been able to openly have sex with men he's always hidden that part of him so I think that it didn't catch me off guard to see that at a young age he felt repressed around being attracted to men what did shock me was the way that that scene ended when they had him in his bedroom getting that call from his wife, well, his current wife, saying that she was pregnant. To me, that was such a beautiful scene because in throughout his backstory, I got the impression that it was more societal pressure than anybody explicitly telling him that he could not be gay. That you could see that his dad very much put that pressure on him and probably does say derogatory things about gay people. But other than that, you can tell it's probably mostly internalized societal pressure. And so when he got that call from his girlfriend and she told him that she was pregnant, to me, the thing that made that so relatable was the fact that he had a variety of options while some would have been more difficult than others. But that that is the truth of life is that sometimes you just have to choose a path and then you commit to that path and you might change it later. But regardless, you've started down that path. You don't necessarily get to explore every path at the same time. There's no crystal ball that's going to tell you that what is going to be right for you. I think we see the way that life has different paths and the way that we commit to them and walk down them in different ways come up through Rue and Lexi in those early scenes also. 
In the case of Rue, when they put her on the projector as the teacher, to me, that was a really interesting scene to obsess with this show in some cases. And it seems like that's widely spread across the internet. It's not like people just passively consume the show and then don't look to talk about it. It's like everybody is full-heartedly invested in the plot lines of this show. And I think that's why them taking us on a roller coaster makes it even more special because they have the awareness to say straight out to our faces how Rue tells us, if you are looking for hope, you shouldn't be looking for it here. And when I think back to that line, it really makes me laugh at myself and really all of us for the fact of that seems so obvious. Why would we be putting our hope in fictional characters? To me, I think of it as if Rue overdoses again, which now having seen season four, we have we have a po- we have a pretty good idea that something bad is going to happen to her. And to me, that's like devastating. And I kind of think to myself, who cares? Like, yes, I love Zendaya, but this is, again, a fictional character. But as they say in the episode, we're in such a place in life that the unpredictability of everything going on does weigh really heavy on us. And so being able to have a fictional character who you can trust that there's going to be some sort of happy ending just because that's sort of like what we've come to expect from art is completely delusional of us, but yet I can see why we're there. So when Rue points that out, it really did have me thinking like, okay, why am I investing so much of my emotion in what's going to happen to these characters? And then we have the that played with levity and with showing scenes of like churches and stuff that shows that it is crazy that we put our we try to find predictability and organization in a chaotic world. And so we get a few laughs out of Rue, especially with the dick dick picture part of that. And then we also see with Lexi's behind the scenes, that was really fun and lighthearted. And I it's exactly what we needed in this episode because the Cal's Cal's backstory weighed very heavy on just like what a reality even though that's been changing that still is something that like we have so much work to do on in society and then with the heaviness of the Ali stuff happening there's just a lot going on in this episode so being able to laugh as they almost laugh at themselves to me gave us permission to think okay don't forget while this is a a way to me art is always a way to examine yourself it shows some universal truths that you can connect to and really see inside yourself and the people around you in a deeper way versus what's the actual storyline might not be really to you. You might not know somebody who's heavy into drugs, so it might not be as triggering for you, but there still is this immersiveness to the story. Since I've already brought up Ali, let's talk about it, even though it brings the episode a little bit out of order, because just having mentioned the levity of the Rue and Lexi scene, the scene with Ali was the next heaviest thing. That was really personally jarring to me, because for the last 10 years, I've been a high school teacher. And I've worked with a lot of students who have had really, really hard lives and have really struggled. And there's an element of when the, when those kids are people that you love and people that you want to help, you learn very quickly, make anyone do anything the way that you want them to. And I think that Ali has a really good grasp on that. Like you can tell he's very much aware of that. 
which I think is something that if you haven't tried to help somebody who doesn't want to help themselves or is just struggling to help themselves, I shouldn't even say doesn't want to help themselves because that's usually not the case. It's just there's so many elements working against that person that they can't help themselves at that moment. Unless you've really loved somebody and tried to help them through that, I think sometimes you don't realize that you cannot make somebody do something that they don't want to do, like I just said. But there is an element of feeling like that person that's struggling respects you so much that they would never break that boundary of respect. And that's how I think that Ali thinks about Rue. He knows that Rue loves and respects him. So he thinks that there's a baseline respect that she'll never cross. And in this episode, we watch her cross it and it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I've felt that in my own life with students who I thought, regardless of the poor choices that they make, they will never outwardly disrespect me. But the reality is, is that when somebody's struggling, they're always in self-preservation mode. And that's how I think that Rue feels, is she cannot at this moment in time care about anybody else but herself. And there's so many reasons that that can be. Obviously, her being an addict is the biggest reason that she's constantly in self-preservation mode. But seeing the way that she treats Ali in this episode, to me, just it, it transported me into the exact moments in my life when I felt exactly how she made Ali feel. And I'm really interested to see how they're going to move forward. Since I've already seen episode four, we all have, we know that, well, hopefully we all have, but we know that we don't see Ali in that episode. And I'm interested to see if we'll see much more from him in season two. I don't think he's going to write off Jules because that's the other thing, or I'm sorry, Rue. He's not going to write off Rue because she's young. And I think that that will always give him like a little bit of a soft spot in his heart for her. But I do think that he'll take a step back for his own self into something that is very unpredictable and that you don't have any control over. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to see him take a step back. I do think we'll see Rue apologize eventually because I don't think that she's a monster. I think that there will be a time we probably won't see it on scene but or on screen, but it'll be reflected in the interaction that she has with him where we'll see that she has sat down and thought about the fact of how she treated him and how he didn't deserve that and she shouldn't have. But of course, when we watch the way that she hurts Gia and her own mother, it's no surprise that eventually she was going to hurt Ali. But let's talk about what even starts this conflict between Rue and Ali, and that is Rue's dumbass plan. I have to say, I was on pins and needles watching her talk to Lori about this plan because I think we all full well know, and I've seen so many funny memes on Twitter about the fact of Rue carrying around the suitcase and the fact that we know she's going to use all these drugs instead of selling them, caught up of taking on all these drugs that she should be selling. I am really nervous about that, going back to the fact of this being a fictional character and I should not care. However, every moment that she does not sell those drugs just makes me more and more nervous. When she give her less money or to give her a lesser amount of drugs, in that moment, I so wished that I could jump through the screen and tell her, just don't give her the drugs at all. She does not need these drugs. Do not let her sign up to be a drug dealer, which made it even funnier when Fez was like, hell no, Rue. I'm not even listening to this stupid plan. I'm not even giving you the time of day. And then we have Faye always 
sort of sitting around observing what's going on. I guess we can make that parallel between her and Lexi, but just at complete opposite ends of the spectrum of like what exactly they're doing with their life. But one interesting thing that did stick out to me when Rue is talking to Lori at Lori's house is when she tells her this whole plan and Lori responds, you're a genius. When I was thinking about that after the episode, when Rue is an unreliable narrator, because there's no way that she called this a genius plan to Fez and then Lori just happened to use those same exact words. So we see Lori being very apathetic in just this whole interaction. She doesn't seem like excited about it. She doesn't really seem like an excitable person in general. She's very monotone, but it makes me wonder what her exact reaction was in real time. And it also makes me question the fact of, I'm not I'm not a huge expert in the drug industry, but I will say I have to imagine Lori doesn't really have that much to lose because like she tells Rue when Rue's on the way out the door, she'll get that money back regardless. Even if she has to sell Rue into sex slavery, she'll be able to get it back somehow, some way. So it doesn't really seem like it's that big of a risk for Lori. It's, it almost makes it seem like she would have willingly handed somebody a suitcase of drugs no matter who they are because she has the infrastructure in place to send somebody after them. So that made me nervous. I also thought it was interesting when Elliot tells Rue that he thinks that it's a good plan. I think that that shows how he's just kind of going along with Rue as a friend, a confidant, and as somebody who is just on her side. But going back to the unreliable narrator thing, I do wonder, does he actually, did he actually say that that was a good plan? Or is he just kind of casually hanging out and Rue's taking that as this like blind loyalty toward her, which obviously, as we see with Jules, that might not, we see that Elliot might not be as blindly loyal to Rue as we might have thought toward the end of the episode when he's with Jules alone in his bedroom. One of the things that I think undoubtedly everybody agrees this show does so well is explore sexuality and gender identity that isn't in your face. It shows the natural progression of a young person's life when they're just exploring and trying to figure things out and figure out what they like without having to so rigidly label things because it sometimes isn't known at that young of an age. Line in this interaction at the end of the episode is when Elliot says to Jules, I'm sure Rue told you all of these things after he had given Jules all of those compliments. And to me, that was a turning point in seeing what an observant person and just the way that he really is in tune with other people's needs because self-absorbed Rue is. Similar to how I mentioned with the Ali thing, as an addict and also seemingly just in line with Rue's personality, she is extremely self-absorbed and we have never really seen her go in depth with Jules in many conversations. It doesn't really seem like Jules shares much about her past with Rue, which might be because she doesn't trust her or going again, not to keep mentioning the unreliable narrator thing, but it's something that I often think about now that it sort of has been become more of a focal point since the Jules special. I also think that it's possible that Jules does share those things and then they just don't stand out to Rue. So then they purposefully don't get conveyed to the audience since a lot of things are filtered through her lens. So I think that when Elliot compliments Jules and points out that Rue probably does, you know, he kind of has a look in his eye after that, that lets the audience know he knows that Rue probably is not 
saying all of these things to Jules. And they do have a certain sexual chemistry, so that combined with the way that he's treating her might compel her to move more toward Elliot and more away from Rue, which we we start to see that happening in episode four. But speaking from the standpoint of seeing it in episode three, I didn't, I don't know. I thought that, but I didn't know exactly what might happen, happen with that. I also think a really interesting thing here is that this is an age when you really don't know what you deserve. Like you're still learning in relationships what to expect from others. Your past and your family play a lot into like what you think you can ask for from somebody else. And we see that through quite a few different people. The idea of being at an age where maybe you're not sure what you deserve and not sure how to demand it from the people that you're in a relationship with really shines through Maddie. And we don't see it that much in this episode, but obviously we've seen so much of Maddie and Nate that we have a good idea of what what is going on or how toxic they are. And the sunbathing scene with Maddie, Cassie, and the boy that she babysits for was such a relatable Maddie says to Cassie that she's afraid that she's remembering all the good parts. And if there is anybody who has ever gone through a breakup and has not thought that, I would be shocked. To me, it's the hardest part of having a brain and having a heart and having those two things work together is that it's very confusing to know what what you're misremembering and what was truly a good thing that's worth fighting for. As the audience, we know Maddie should not be fighting for Nate. But then we also see that same idea kind of shine through Cassie because, first of all, we know how toxic Nate is for her to be getting involved in and what a messy situation this is and how crazy it is for her to even get involved with her her best friend's ex-boyfriend. But at the same point, it screams of Cassie's insecurities and Cassie wanting a man's attention that somebody as toxic as Nate and as manipulative as Nate, of course, is going to dig his claws into Cassie and play off of anything that she might ever have been insecure about and find a way to drag her into this situation. And then, of course, we have the funny line, at the end of the scene when Maddie says to the boy that she babysits for that hopefully he won't treat women like shit or whatever she advises him not to do. And there's also such, to me, that was so relatable because it's like anytime that you look at a young boy and think of maybe men in your life that have done you wrong or that you dislike or have some hatred for, seeing that, you always see the purity in these boys and you just think to yourself, how do some of you grow up to be some of the men that we know? Which obviously there's tons of good men in this world, so that's not to say, but there are some that leave a lot to be desired. Let's just put it that way. I can't end this episode without talking about the bathroom scene because for me, that was truly iconic. Seeing all of those characters together in one bathroom, which as a woman, you know, but to see them all interacting in such a lighthearted and fun way, yet we see that Cassie is terrorizing herself inside, seeing the scene where she just screams, never ever have I been happier, but knowing how absolutely miserable she is, 
tricking us into thinking that she confessed to Maddie, which you can just see it's eating her alive. And I'm so interested to see when the moment is going to be that it will be revealed. And I truly have no read on if it will be Cassie who will reveal it or if she will just wait until Maddie eventually finds out. I sort of feel like she might wait until Maddie just finds out because I feel like she's kind of cowardly in that way that she doesn't, she'll never want to like just, but at the same point, since it is eating her up inside so much, I could also see her just spitting it out the same way that she did in that bathroom scene, but in actual reality. My other favorite line from that scene, beside them making fun of what she was wearing, which I, having, usually if I see something in a preview, it's not as funny to me when it actually comes on in the episode. No, it was 20 times funnier when it was actually in the episode. But another really underrated line that I, well, I I don't know if it was underrated, but it seems like it is when Lexi's talking about her play and Rue says, just send it to me. As if I could never imagine Rue, especially with her heavy drug use at this point, opening up a laptop and reading a script. That just seems like so implausible to me. But the idea of it is so funny. And then Lexi having to cover up that she has written this play basically about her life with what a mess Cassie is as like the front and center of it. I I truly, I don't even know how to think of like how that play is going to go down, but of course it's going to be just, I think, golden. I don't see how it could not be. Okay, it doesn't seem right to end this episode with predictions since I have already seen episode four, but as I said at the beginning of the episode, I'll be back on Sunday, of course, watching with everybody else, and then I'll post the new episode on Monday. I did create an Instagram, so please feel free to DM with any questions, comments. Please don't send too many critiques because I am reflecting, working on this, trying to make it the best that it can be. But I would love to hear from you with thoughts that either challenge me or go along with what I'm saying. And I'll bring that into the next episode. All right, bye.